This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi, everyone. I'm Alice, the social media manager for Jubilance, and I'm talking with Susan Patterson Newbayer today. Um, Susan is a former pilot currently based out of Arizona. Um, So welcome, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I just want to start off with some like more fun questions. What is your favorite dessert? Um, so I'll say, uh, blueberry muffins. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big sweet person. So, uh, I know, I know it's, it's a weird thing, but, but if I have a sweet tooth, it's, it's more like a muffin kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Those are really good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what are you currently watching on TV? Uh, so currently, um, I'm not, I'm not really up to date with television, but I've been watching the Vampire Diary series. Oh Have you ever seen it? It's so good. I'm so in love yeah. with Damon. Oh. I know. Why? Over time, I mean, at first you're like, who is this guy? And then as, it, as time goes on, you're like, yeah, he's like the best character. So I'm on about season four right yeah. now. By like, what is the other one's name? Stefan. Stefan. Yeah. Yeah. As time goes on, you're like, oh, I'm over him. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Um, what is your must-have essential item in your purse? Okay. So must-haves. Uh, chapstick, oh. number one. Uh, hair tie, number two. And I don't think I have a third. Those are like my two... <laughs> Those are my go-tos, yeah. Okay, those, those are really important. <laughs> those are important, yeah. Yeah. Girls need hair ties, for Definitely. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk about where you're living now in Arizona and like what made you move? Yeah. Are you from there originally? No, um, I'm originally from Ohio and um, I've been in Tucson on and off for probably a good 15 years now. And um, Tucson is awesome. Um, right now this time of year is when we're just just now getting really nice and so fall time here you know we don't get much of seasons but this is when it finally goes from 100 from 100 115 degrees we finally start getting like our nice 70 degree 80 degree weather and so right now we're everybody's opening their windows and starting to show up out hiking and outside in the middle of the day which is like which just doesn't happen in the middle of summer here (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What's, yeah. what's your favorite thing about Arizona? <sighs> I mean, uh, honestly, the weather, the <laughs> weather, you know, some people would say they would prefer cold and um, I, and some prefer warm. I take the warm any day. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree. I'm from San Diego originally. And so oh, okay. whenever winter strikes here in New York, it's just, horrendous <laughs> yeah and the, yeah I totally understand I like living out in Ohio I lived in Milwaukee for a while oh and the God. snow the snow effect was you know like five feet four feet of snow sometimes that's horrible <laughs> so going so going from Arizona to that and then I moved back to Arizona it was um a, a big relief not dealing with the snow but I love it every once in a while so like a good vacation in snow is great oh yeah. that's nice yeah. Yeah. So, so you have like more of a atypical um, fall then 
because you're getting like kind of the summerish weather. Do you have yeah that you that you guys still do? You know, I have. Uh, you know, I I'm not one that does a whole lot of uh, like traditional stuff. You know, when I was a kid, we did and we did the Halloween, and I don't have any kids, and so therefore. Um, some of that kind of falls out the window, but it is kind of a time of celebration where everybody does start coming out of the woodwork. So comparable to the East Coast, um, it's when you guys hit summer and you guys are all like rejoicing. You're like, we can finally come out with our shorts on. And so we can finally come out with the sun just like, bur like burning us to death. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so not really any formal, anything formal, but but it is a it is cause for celebration once we hit that um once we hit that mark. <laughs> yeah, that that does sound awesome. <laughs> um, can you talk to me about where you got to where you are? Um, you are and were a female pilot. That's pretty amazing. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So um, you know, it's funny. I never viewed it as anything um all that different until kind of after the fact of of starting it and even in the midst of doing it i never thought of it as something very different um i grew up uh, doing swimming which is a co-ed sport um so a lot of practices and a lot of training is co-ed and i went to a college that was a, a pretty liberal college and uh, like all the dorms were co-ed so um so I never thought a whole lot about gender. And I think that was, it's maybe just a personality thing that I've had. Um, you know, uh, it, so getting into it, I can say all, the only thing that sparked it was I got, I finished college. Um, my dad had gotten his, his private pilot's license, which is the very first license you can get uh, for a person to jump in a small little airplane all by themselves and go like kind of piddle around in the sky. And so my, so I had finished coaching a swim team for the summer after I graduated. And my dad simply suggested, um, you know, why don't you take some flying lessons? And, and it just opened up a whole can of worms. And I was in Ohio at the time. And um, so the circumstances, as you know, out on that side of the country, the weather is, you know, really hit or miss. <laughs> and uh, when you're first learning, you need clear skies. It's a lot easier when it's like just sunny. There's no rain. There's no clouds. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you have to learn. And so I started learning how to fly. Um, just a single engine, tiny little four-seater airplane. and um it and i did it on the weekends um i quickly realized doing it just on the weekends uh you get some overlap so if you only do it like you know once or twice a week you have to kind of go backwards to relearn some of the hand-eye coordination and, and stuff like that so i um so I was doing that for a while and realizing I was just kind of going through money. I wasn't really getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I tend to be like a, a, a goal setter, like go big or go home kind of person. So I started looking on the internet. I found like a really big flight academy that was well known out in Arizona. Um, jumped in my car, took a road trip out to Phoenix 
and uh, checked out the flight school. And it was as simple as I just signed up. So it was like a full-time, full-time academy. Um, and so I went to a full-time academy there. I uh, went to a few other schools in between. And you have to go through a series of getting your uh, different licenses. And so you have to learn how to fly, you know, a single engine. And then you have to learn how to fly a twin engine. So for two engines. Um, you have to learn certain powered airplanes. Um, and then you go through a process of learning how to get your precision good enough to get a, uh, what, what's called a commercial license. Um, so I did all of that out in Arizona in various different flight schools. And um, then I did a, it was an opportunity to go out to New Mexico and do some jet training. Uh, so I learned how to fly a jet. Um, that was all in simulators though. So I wasn't really, I wasn't really in a real jet at that point, but I was out, you know, I was out in uh, Farmington, New Mexico for a while doing this program, a uh, real small program, but it was really cool because it set you up um, to fly a jet, which is totally different from these smaller airplanes. And uh, long story short from there, um, I came to, Air I came to Tucson. And I got a flight instructing job. And so I taught people how to fly airplanes. Wow. Um, and so I'm, this is kind of a fast forward through about maybe three and a half years or so, maybe four. And uh, then I taught people how to fly for about two and a half years. Um, and then from there, which is, an, which is an awesome thing to do, and it's really common for pilots to do that. Um, they, do, they use teaching as a stepping stone. Um, to gain hours. So you okay. want to gain hours um, to get to an airline. Do you need a that makes sense. hours then? Yeah. Oh. So to get to, yeah. So to get to the air, airlines, you, they want you to have a certain amount of um, time in a twin engine, uh, small airplane. It doesn't have to be a jet, but it can be a small, you know, a small twin engine and just a certain amount of hours in general. And so I did that through flight instructing. Wow. Um, and that was quite an experience <laughs> teaching people how to fly. And, uh, just from there, I went to the airlines and, uh, was at the airlines for a few years. Wow. Um, yeah, all really awesome, interesting experience. Um, and it all just started with, um, my, my dad saying, why don't you just take a few lessons, you know, keep your mind and your, your 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 body busy and so he just opened up a can of worms you know that's amazing <laughs> and, and and that's how I ended up in Arizona long story short yeah what airlines did you fly for so I was with SkyWest Airlines um sometimes you know sometimes you see it on your ticket and sometimes they advertise but they are what they co-share um they're they're an airline that um flies for uh Delta and for United Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that changes. So, you know, it's all kind of politics on who they fly under, but, uh, they are basically a commuter airline that flies these jets that are, uh, um, they're not the really big ones. They're the ones that have like two seats on each side of the airplane. Oh, okay. So, you know, those smaller, I don't yeah, any, yeah. You know, if you've ever flown and there's two and there there's two and two, as opposed to like two seats and then three and then two or like two seats and then like three on the other side. So they're a little smaller, 
but the industry um, converted to those a lot because it was just yeah. efficient. They could fill up airplanes easier. They were they weren't flying um, they weren't flying really huge jets around the country that were only half full. And so it became a really popular thing, and it still is to this day. Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. And yeah. I see, like, when I poke my head into, like, the pilot's cabin, yeah. <laughs> there are the, the two pilots. How does that mm-hmm. work? Um, okay, so, yeah, that's a good question. There's, there are, there's a few misconceptions about that. So, so a lot of times people ask, uh, which one is the pilot? Um, so the truth of the matter is, it's a, it's a uh, they're both pilots. Wow. And um, one's just in charge. So one's kind of the boss of the flight. Huh. And then the, the other one is the, um, okay, when it comes to an emergency or when it comes to certain procedures, we, we each have our job. But um, the person on the left, uh, so, if you're, so if you're walking in, the person on the left is the captain. And the person that is, I'm trying not to cover my my cam, uh, camera, sorry. Um, and, then the, and then the person on the right is the first officer. And so I was a first officer the whole time. Wow. Um, um, I ended up getting an injury and never promoted to being the captain. Um, but essentially the difference is if you have an emergency, the captain takes over. Or when it comes to um, kind of delegating um, you know, who's going to do uh, the airplane checks or who's going to be doing all the paperwork, he'll delegate it, which is, which is usually actually to, to the first officer <laughs> while he's, you know, while he, while he sits there and relaxes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I always was, so I was always the first officer. Um, but what you do is you switch off. So, in, so in a jet, it's a two man crew. So that means that it is required that two people must be flying the airplane. Um, There's jobs for a non-flying pilot and for the flying pilot in an airline. Um, And so you have to learn the role, whether you're a first officer or whether you're a captain, you have to learn the role as as the flying pilot or as the non-flying pilot. And then so every flight you do, we switch on and off. Um, and then some cap and a lot of times the captains will be the ones that pick, uh, you know, which flights they want to do or which ones they prefer. Um, and it depends on who you fly with. Some of them will, will leave it up to me and say, Hey, which flights do you want? Do you want this one, that one? Um, and so it totally depends on who you fly with. And so your roles just get reversed uh-huh. when you're either the flying pilot or the non-flying pilot. So the non-flying pilot will run the radios. Um, and run other various um, uh, little procedures here and there, while the main role of the flying pilot is to just focus on the airplane, Um, just focus on the flying, focus on all the digital autopilot, the mapping, uh, if need be, the hand flying skills. Uh, The non-flying pilot is typically who coordinates and talks to the person, uh, to the flight attendants and back. And to all the, you know, sometimes you listen to, uh, yeah, and the radio announcements of like, hi, welcome to, uh, you know, wherever we're located, welcome to Austin today. Oh, cool. So that's the the non-flying pilot's job is to run all that work. 
Um, and so that's kind of a little bit of a misconception that people don't understand. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, that's so, fascinating. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. It's huh. like kind of a secret world. That's what, that's part of what I got so yeah. fascinated with. Um, when I wanted to be a pilot, I kept seeing these planes up high, these jets. And I thought, I just wonder what it's like up there. Like, what are they? And you know, when they shut the door, I'm like, I want to know what they're doing. Yeah. What are they doing up there? So, um, that's a little, in, that's like a little insight to it. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. For sharing. Yeah, it is pretty, it is a neat, yeah. um, kind of hidden world that a lot of people don't really know how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the gist of it. Thank you. Um, can you talk about being a female in a male dominated industry? Um, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I grew up in such a, such a co-ed environment. Um, and I wouldn't say I was, I was ever involved in like the typical, uh, segregation of like male versus female identity. Um, and so I think every female could probably give you a different answer on what it was like, but, um, I will say that in some ways it was just completely easy and I didn't realize I, you know, there was any difference between me and there were some other females too. Um, and we definitely, there was, a, there was a unspoken code for sure that we stuck together. Mm -hmm. Um, we all had each other's back. We all made sure we were okay. We took care of each other. We were, um, and, and we became friends, you know, and so there weren't very many of us. And so when there were some of us, it was, you know, it was a really cool thing. Um, so I had a lot of reasons why it didn't bother me at all. Um, one thing I did notice is I did feel the need to overachieve a little bit, um, because there are a few, you know, there are a few male male opinions out there that are naysayers this day and age you know it depends yeah. it depends on the individual it, you'll always find it you're going to find the most open of characters and you're going to find the most closed-minded of characters and you never know which guy you're going to fly with that day and <laughs> so you, so you have to be prepared and so so i definitely prepared myself in a way to make sure i was always above and beyond crossed my T's and dotted my I's mm -hmm. um, just to make sure I wasn't even just average. I wanted to be really, really conscientious to be above and beyond because I didn't, I wanted to make sure there was no stereotypes put there. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest hurdle I think was, um, you know, I was treated with respect, which is, which is great. It was awesome. I never had issues with um, a lack of respect. Sometimes I could tell uh, in a male-dominated industry, uh, they're so used to flying with other men that um, I always said, don't hold back. I'm, I'm just like everybody else. You can treat me the same as anybody else. And they would definitely mind their P's and Q's more. <laughs> they would, you know, they, I'm yeah. like, you can talk it's to me like I'm I, I'm like, you can talk to me like any other, like any, <laughs> like any boy, any guy you would fly with. And I could say that, but they, they were definitely like under their best behavior 
good with a female <laughs> I, yeah it's not a bad thing it's yeah. definitely not a bad thing but i definitely would know that they would come into work going okay i need to be under my best behavior <laughs> to, you know with the, with flying with a girl huh. um and there were a couple times so which sparked a comment that i made under under your facebook group is yeah. that um i had times where i was with an all-female crew um i you know i've flight attendant both pilots and it was an it was just amazing it was an amazing experience because of just the comments you would get from uh all the passengers realizing and a lot of times coming on board they didn't know but getting off the plane they would see and they were like uh you know we would get claps we would get like high fives and and so it was it was a totally neat experience when it would happen yeah wow um and speaking of like a a new subject i guess um can you talk about your pms and like um what would what you would experience every month and then um trying jubilance totally um so i would say i've always definitely had pms um when i was younger so early 20s mid 20s it was very much like a physical pain and then as i've gotten older i'm 39 now um it gradually morphed into a mental issue where um the moodiness um it turned into just massive amounts of anxiety and um and, and surprisingly, I just didn't, I honestly, I, it was like a Jekyll and Hyde that I, I couldn't figure out. I had to start tracking everything about my health to really figure out what it was. And this was probably about, about uh, three or four years ago. Uh, so it was kind of in my mid thirties where I started getting like the more severe end of PMS and it literally you know, tracking it, it literally started, like I knew when I ovulated because I could tell by my mood and by my anxiety and my um, uh, uh, ability to handle social situations. I'll put, that's the way I'll put it. I know. And, uh, and it would increasingly get worse day, you know, from that day. And there were times that it lasted even as long as two weeks. And so it turned into this joke that I'm like, I have like one good week out of the month. Um, oh, that's and so, so I came across your product and I actually, you know, I'm really new to it. And um, I started it and I noticed an immediate difference. Um, and so I'd love to give you guys updates, like as I, as I continue to use yeah, it, but what, I, but there's so many products that um, you see advertised nowadays on Facebook and whatnot. And one thing that I liked about you guys was that it was realistic. So you gave statistics that weren't like, you're cured, you're, you're totally cured, yeah. um, which, which is, you know, unrealistic. And I tried everything that, you know, all, all the women out there that have this issue, I've tried all of it, you know, I've tried lowering my stress level or my schedule. I've tried the antidepressants. I've tried um my massive diet changes um i not uh birth control options and none, nothing worked at all um and so i came across this and i thought i just have nothing to lose i so let's give it a go and um 
And so far it's been a, a month, so I'm new to the product, Great. but that first time, that very first month, and I know uh, some people have said you have to let it build up for like a month or two. Uh, for me, it was pretty instantaneous where um, I didn't, I didn't get, uh, I, you know, I was a good like five days out uh, before my, before my cycle, or I'm sorry, before my period would start. And I was like, I'm still human. Like, you know, <laughs> checking, check me out. I'm human. Yeah. This is amazing. And then, so, um, and then, so I still had some symptoms, but they were so decreased. They were so much less. Good. Um, and so I had about maybe three or four days where I, where I kind of got into that spiral a little worse. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe for about two days, it was like a full on, but just compared to before, there were days, I, I mean, it was almost like I, you know, I have learned how to like schedule my life around this issue. Um, and, and, I, and it's definitely, like I said, gotten worse as I hit my, my upper 30s. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of go into this like, and then they tell you menopause is even worse. Like what's, oh <laughs> like what's, how? Um, <laughs> How? Uh, so anyhow, yeah, it's been like, it's been really amazing so far. Um, and, you know, so next cycle, I'll send yeah. an update. Yeah, but, please, please look, keep us updated on how it's going. Um, yeah, but the statistics, you know, and I, and I love that you guys say, honestly, like, it, you know, we've noticed it works for most women, but not all of them. Yeah. Um, you, you know, there's honestly, there still is maybe a little bit of irritability, mm -hmm. but decreased. Um, the, for yeah. me, for me, the biggest symptoms were depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, and so they would be pretty debilitating and it was almost like, well, which person am I? Am I the, am I the, am I the person the first two weeks of the month or the last two weeks of the month? I'm not really sure. Yeah. And, um, and it, it almost had a, a really insane clarity for me this last month of like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally crazy here. Um, there's something to it. Like I don't just one week love all these things I love in life. And then the next week hate everything, Yeah, you know, and you um, shouldn't be feeling that way, which is why this is something like, it's so archaic too. Yeah. And like what we were saying before is that it like people don't talk about this and people don't yeah. like, do things for this. And yeah. as you were saying, I, like 50% of the population has PMS. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked, yeah. And I would ask other women too. And, and so I gathered that I am maybe on the severe end, but I ask other women too, but they, and they definitely are like, Oh yeah, I'm just crazy. And I can't stand it. And it's like, how do we all do this? I, I have no clue. Every month. <laughs> how, every single month. <laughs> so, you know, like powered up women for putting up with it. Like men have no idea. They have no clue. Seriously. They have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> we just hope that jubilance can be. And I'm glad they don't. Like, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we just hope it can be something that can like really help women. Um, it like work yeah. business, like a family. Like, and so I started taking this in college, like five years ago. 
um, because my my dad and mom did some research on oxaloacetate and they were like, you're having a terrible time. Try this. So uh, they recognized it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I yeah. tried it and I felt so much better. And then um, that's amazing. Hearing from like other doctors that different women that were coming back and saying, this is helping my PMS. So that's why we did the clinical trials last year. Cause it was like me and some like, other women who like were really being helped by it. So Uh if we can help others, um, that's the goal. And And so your parents had an indication that there was this, uh, this like kind of blood sugar stabilizing agent. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I, that's so cool that somebody was able to just point it out to you mm -hmm. and you're like, Hey, try this. Yeah. I mean, cause for the longest time I didn't know, I didn't even understand what was happening to me because my my issues started so far so early uh, so early that i'm like this couldn't be pms like this is so early like i'm not even i'm not even close yeah. to the to the time where i should be having pms um but i really but as i tracked it and tracked it it really was the case it was like oh. uh, uh yeah it was night and day uh, and so I'm seeing yeah. the results too, where I'm like, it, it, this could, uh, you know, I'm new to it and I've, so I've been taking it almost a full month now, but right. I can see how it can potentially be like a game changer and just your, you know, how you can deal with life. Like yeah. it just makes, especially after you've, you've had to learn how to deal with it. And then you're like, wait, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to now yeah. or I have, or I have to this, some, you just know, like, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I mean, no problem. It is like that stabilizer. It's not, it's just, it's making your, like the peaks and waves of like your emotions that, kind of just flow a little bit more. So you're you, still getting the ups and downs, but just yeah. like, not as much. You just described it perfectly. Um, so I, th- I made a little post and it was kind of a joke about, um, uh, yeah, there's like this snapping turtle effect <laughs> and it seems like the snapping turtle got, was, was muffled this last month. Yeah. You know, I could, I could still feel a little quicker to, to get, uh, anxious or a little quicker to be, um, uh, you know, just slower in my step and my enthusiasm, but there was such a buffer to it. <laughs> that it was oh, it was awesome Alice great. It, it was cool yeah Good. I know yeah. I always feel like I just want chocolate all of the time so you're I, so many people say like- that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I don't and I don't I can't relate to that very much um that's great <laughs> I, this might be something totally different uh but my anxiety would get bad enough that I I couldn't eat mm-hmm. um and so by the last like eight or nine days, um, I, I was just trying to like live off liquids because my stomach was so anxiety ridden that I couldn't eat this last month. I was like uh, eating sandwiches. What? I'm like, what is this? I want a sandwich right now. Um, I mean, I think most, most women might kill me for saying that because I, most people get pretty, pretty heavy cravings. But mine was the opposite where it would just shut my system down completely. Like I couldn't handle food very well. Wow. Um, and so now like, I'm like, well, I'm out buying all the, I was just like kind of pigging out. So to <laughs> me, I was like, this, this is amazing. I'm pigging out. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe not on the uh, typical spectrum, but maybe somebody can relate to it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Susan. Yeah. 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 Um, and I just want to know, like, what's next for you? So you, so you were piloting. What, what are you going to do now? What are you up to? So what I've been up to, um, I, I ended up having kind of a nasty spinal injury. And, oh um, and so I went through a couple surgeries. And the last surgery was uh, 2016. And I had a spinal fusion in my, in my lumbar spine. Um, and so it's taken probably a good couple of years to recover from that. And I also have some residual, um, aftermath and chronic pain that I've been dealing with. Um, so I've been nipping that in the bud, just step by step, little by little. Um, I, I did something called the, uh, ketamine therapy, which is a, it's, it's a whole new subject. It's a little controversial, but it is meant to, um, nip chronic pain in the bud. So I was having chronic pain in, in my, in my spine from these surgeries and from the injury. And, um, so I just, uh, started kind of getting back on track. But in the meantime, I, uh, when I was taking time off from the injury, um, I've been breeding a, a hybrid cat called a Savannah. Um, and it was just something I, it was just something that I thought, what is something that I would love to do that never in a million years I could possibly do as a pilot. Like, let me just think. Of, and so that's what I chose a few years ago. That's um, so cool. And so it's a hybrid cat, and it, um, it which it's a mix between an African serval. It kind of looks like a miniature cheetah, I guess. That's awesome. Um, and so it's a mix between that and a domestic cat. And huh. so there's a lot. There's a lot of information behind behind a. Wow. I'm behind the Savannah cat. But uh, so what I've been up to in the meantime, when I've been home a lot and just, you know, not feeling that great physically from surgery and recovery is I uh, had been working on this breed and working with some of the kind of the founders that it's a very new breed of cat. And so working with wow. some of the founders of it. Um, and so I'm kind of slowly closing that chapter right now. Um, um oh, and, and deciding like what is my next what's my next what do i want next and uh, i broke my foot so i'm on like i'm on hold until about eh, probably until the end of the year um and it's a great time to just take it easy and yeah uh, enjoy stuff i started taking the guitar lessons um cool. just trying to get into things to see like what do i love doing now you know what's the newest like stuff that I love. Um, always a possibility that I go back to aviation. Um, cool. If I want to, you know, I'm still debating if it's a been there, done that. It was awesome. Or if it's, a, if it's something that I want to revisit. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That's so yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's been kind of, I get a little bit of time off at the time being. Um, not gonna, not gonna hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah um to just leave off today I just want to ask you um if you had one piece of advice for like women out there um just like a sentence or two like what would it be about really anything yeah you know what um never hold back regarding gender never never hold back um 
I could say one time in my life, I had a thought where I really wanted to join the drums in, in high school. And it was probably the only time that I really thought like in terms of gender. And I thought, you know, I tested actually highest for the drums and uh-huh. I, I didn't do it. Cause I was like, it's just all the boys are doing it. And I, it, and I, and so I picked up a, a doing the flute. Cause that was, you know, what the, all the other girls were doing. Uh-huh. I hated it, dropped it right from the get go. Just, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, male or female, um, I'd like to think, you know, we are, we are equal and we're also different. There is truth to the fact that um, we have different strengths and weaknesses, but at the end of the day, we are equally capable of everything. Um, we're all human and every human has a strength and a weakness. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, never keep your dreams inside like the worst thing you can do with your life is just hold on to those dreams and it just be a dream like let them come out express them and you're automatically going to fail if you don't try um you know i'm no superwoman i was no perfect student um I'm just that average person that came along and had a dream and, and chose it and went for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes dreams aren't easy to achieve, but, but they're so worth it compared to the pain of not doing one or not allowing yourself to. Um, and so that's a big thing that I would really, really want to express to women and anybody um to just like get out there and start doing just start doing um dreaming it doesn't get you anywhere except for you know that pain inside of wanting it um so take the baby steps um that's the that's the best advice i can offer thank you so much susan yeah is there anything else you'd like to add um no, I can't think of anything. Do you have any more questions? No, I, this was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for being on today. Great. I, yeah, I love being on. Thank you so much for having me, Alice. Yeah, it was nice getting to meet you. And please do keep us updated. Yeah, yeah I will for sure. I will uh, keep you updated on the, on the group site. Yeah. Okay, great. Good. Yeah, I've been pretty excited about it. So good. I yeah. will uh, continues to help. Update number two coming up in a couple weeks. <laughs> great. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day, Susan. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Alice. Thanks for being on.